Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello and welcome into the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. It's a big weekend. The rookies and the quarterbacks, select veterans have arrived to Kansas City Chiefs training camp. Again, it's in Kansas City this year and not St. Joseph. The Chiefs did have a media availability on Saturday. On this podcast, you'll get to hear from Patrick Mahomes, head coach Andy Reid, running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We'll take a quick break. You'll hear from linebacker Willie Gay, offensive lineman Lucas Niang, and we'll close with Vice President of Sports Medicine and Performance, the head trainer for the Kansas City Chiefs, Rick Burkholder, who goes through a lot of the COVID-19 testing and how training camp is operating in Kansas City. Should be a long podcast. If you want to hear a person that I just mentioned in particular, check the podcast description where I will have where you could find those interviews. But right now, let's start with Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Hey, good to see you. Um, just wanted to ask you um, about Laurent Duvernay-Tardif's decision and uh, how that struck you, and it, even if it surprised you. Yeah, I mean, I think it surprises uh, anyone, but at the same time, you respect his decision. I mean, uh, he's the guy who's been on those front lines working with uh, the people that are suffering from uh, COVID day-to-day and putting in all that time and all that work and uh, – he, he understands it, and, and his decision was he wanted to stay there. He wanted to keep helping in that, that capacity. And I know it was difficult for him, but you respect the decision for him to, to kind of put his, his, his uh, thoughts aside and kind of do what he thought was best to, to help out his community and, uh, and the world as he sees it. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Pat. Uh, welcome back to the facility. Um, was just curious, particularly in light of uh, Larry's decision, what is your uh, level of concern for your own personal safety through all this? And also, um, just wondering how well you've gotten to know um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire through all this. I'm wondering if he, he was part of maybe those off-season practices you kind of put together. If you could go into that as well. Yeah, I mean, to the first part, I, I, I definitely there's going to be a little concern. I mean, you can't – you'd be lying to say you have no, no concern. But at the same time, as I've been throughout the – the facility now the last night and then a a little bit today and seeing all the protocols and all the safety things that Rick and all these guys have put forth it's really kind of made me feel it's made me feel even better than I thought coming in knowing how much that the NFL and NFLPA has really put into making sure that we can be as safe as we possibly can be and so that's kind of put my mind at ease of knowing that I'm gonna be in the best uh, possible situation given the time uh, to be as safe and as healthy as possible and then with Clyde, Clyde has been through, uh, through some of those workouts, and he has been out there. I've got to meet him and talk to him a little bit um, and obviously stay in touch throughout the whole process in general. And he's a guy that you know is a, is a hard worker. You can tell by his demeanor. You can tell by the way he's out there and, and what he does uh, off the field and on the field. And so I'm excited to have him involved in the offense now and get out there more and more with him and build some chemistry. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Hope all is well, man. 
Um, you mentioned last offseason that you had thought about the way that the 2018 ended throughout the offseason. I wonder what the feeling is coming into this year's camp, aside from all this COVID stuff, just, just football-wise, what's, what's the feeling coming into this camp? Yeah, I mean, my feeling is I'm ready to get back after it. I mean, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. Uh, once you hit this first day, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all starting over again. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's been a different offseason. Uh, obviously, it started with the Super Bowl win and being on a high level and then dealing with a pandemic and other movements that have kind of went throughout our nation. You've had to try to keep your head on uh, straight and deal with it in the best way possible for you and the community around you. And so uh, now I'm, I'm glad to be back in the facility, uh, back with the guys uh, that are that are my teammates, the guys that we built this culture together. And now it's about restarting the process, doing it over again. And uh, we understand it's going to be hard. It's going to be an every day-to-day process, but we're going to go out there with the mindset of being the best uh, team that we can be every single day. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for taking some time with us. Uh, A couple of your teammates this week, Chris Jones and Tyreek in particular, they made these national waves for not only wanting to repeat as champions, but to have five and six and seven Super Bowls. As the leader of the team, do you like this type of talk? Do you encourage it? Or is it uh, something where you say, okay, let's just focus on this day to day and maybe getting this one one first year? I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you, you love the guys have the goals and they want to be in Kansas City for a long time and that they want to they want to win championships and they don't want to be average. They want to be great every single year. But I think uh, other than that, I mean, you know these guys and how they're talking other than just the quotes that they're talking about the day-to-day process. They're talking about how hard it is uh, to be on the top to get, to get to the Super Bowl. If you look at our, our season, uh, this last season, we had a lot of adversity, a lot of ups and downs throughout the season and in the playoffs. And so I think, uh, I think the guys have that mindset that they have those long-term go- goals. They know that they're not going to go out there every single day and prove that. They're not going to go out there with the mindset to be, to be great every single day. And if they go through that process every single day, they'll never have any regrets at the end of their career. Let's go to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Pat, uh, I wonder, uh, you know, how you feel going in all the time you guys lost actually on the football field. Now that you're there, um, you know, a lot of people are speculating that you guys will have an advantage because everybody is back. But how, how far behind do you feel uh, now taking a, uh, stepping on the field since you guys haven't had minicamp? Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I don't feel that much behind at all. I mean, I thought the virtual meetings were, went well. We had great attendance. We had guys – every guy was there. Every guy was paying attention. Everybody was in, in tune to the meeting. I mean, Coach Reed's asking people questions every five minutes. So you better be in tune. Um, and so having that and then as well as finding ways to work at home, obviously you haven't had that time on the field that, you, that you're used to. But I think with the NFLPA and the NFL coming to this acclimation period, that's going to get guys ready to go, get guys preparing their bodies so that we can kind of cut those injury rates down uh, from not having OTAs. You want to make sure that everybody's ready to go. And I feel like uh, guys have been uh, – guys are ready. Guys are ready to be back on the field. They're going to do whatever it takes to make sure their bodies and minds are ready for whenever that first game comes. Let's go to BJ Kissel. Go ahead, BJ. Hey, Patrick. I'm curious your thoughts. I know the, the news has come out. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif deciding to you know basically skip this season uh, to stay up in Canada and help out. Just curious your thoughts and uh, if you've spoken with any of your teammates about that as well. Yeah, I mean, from everybody that I've spoken to, everybody respects the decision 100%. I mean, Larry's a guy who, who loves football, but he also loves his, his other passions. And being a doctor is, is extremely important, especially at this time that we're at in this world. And so for him, I know he's, it's difficult for him. He wants to be out here with us. He wants to be a part of us. He wants to be a part of the guys. Um, um, but at the same time, he wants to make sure he's doing something to make the world a better place. And I believe that he is doing that. He's seen it firsthand, and he understands that he needs to be in that place now, and we're going to respect it and give him as much support as we can. 
Let's go to Michelle Steele. Go ahead, Michelle. Hey, Patrick. Thanks so much uh, for the time today. I, I just from a conditioning perspective, um, if the season started tomorrow, do you feel like you could play? And is there an area that you've identified, an area of your game where you'd like to improve? Uh, I mean, I don't know like, if I could play uh, not on a conditioning factor, but uh, tomorrow, if the season started tomorrow. But, I mean, I think that comes with – you have to get some reps. you got to get some full team 11-on-11 reps before you're ready to go against NFL-caliber players. And so, I feel like conditioning, I'm in a great – I'm in great shape. I'm in probably the best shape I've ever came into camp at, actually. Um, and so, I think uh, conditioning-wise and, and health-wise, I'm in a great spot. But now it's about getting those reps. And as things do improve, I mean, for me, every single year, it's the fundamentals. It's about going out there – making sure I can make the plays within the pocket uh, just as well as I make plays from outside of the pocket. And the mental game, the more reps, the more reps that I get, I'll be I'll get better with the mental side of the game. Um, and I'm going to make sure I push myself to be the best quarterback and uh, teammate I can be every single day. Looks like we have three hands up left, so we'll do our final three. We'll go Danny, Harold, and then Darren. Go ahead, Danny. Cool, Pat. Thank you so much for doing this. First off, with all these changing protocols and everything and how weird it's going to be, what's it been like just walking back into the building today? Who have you spoken with? What's that protocol kind of been like? And then also, how much of a difference is it going to make not having those preseason games and being able to have that acclimation period before you go into the regular season? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, first off, with all the protocols, I think the NFLPA did a good job of getting all the players on the calls to make sure that we were prepared to be in the building and prepare for everything that was going to entail with that. And so being here today, you just see that the NFL and NFLPA are really taking this thing seriously. They're really taking uh, the social distancing, the wearing a mask, everything like that seriously so that we're not hurting each other or hurting anyone else out in the world with being here together and, and trying to build something. And then um, but no preseason games. On, uh, obviously, I don't know exactly how that that's going to be because uh, I've never done it before. But I mean, going back to college, I think you know that there has been times where you have to get to those first games, and it's it's serious. You got to make sure you go out there and try to win football games. So I'll try to lean on that as well as I feel like when you have this acclimation period, it will help guys build up and make sure their bodies are prepared. And I feel like that was what was most important. Other than I mean, the preseason games are are something that help a lot of guys out. But I think the health of the players and, and having this acclimation period to get everybody ready to go so that when we do hit the field, they're ready to go. Let's go to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Patrick. Good morning. Hope you're doing well or early afternoon or whatever it is. But, hey, uh, a lot of NBA players have recently come out, you know, and said in their kind of post-game conferences about Breonna Taylor and how they're pleading for justice for Breonna Taylor. I'm just wondering what you thought of the NBA players coming out and saying that and also – Following back in our conversations back in June, are there any preliminary plans you've had with vo uh, voter registration in the area? And what, what have you followed up on since that conversation? Yeah, so, I mean, first off, with the NBA players, I mean, I 100% I, I uh, have full support of everything that they're doing to help uh, the, the efforts with Breonna Taylor and everything with the Black Lives Matters movement. I mean, they're doing a great job of just being an example, especially being one of the first uh, organizations to go back and be a part of of playing the sport they love, but also a part of staying with the movement and not letting their their love for the sport affect the, their mind and their motivations of, of supporting the movement. Um, but And then with the voter registration stuff, we've actually had a lot of talks with Mark, uh, Mark Donovan, the president, and Clark Hunt about what that's going to entail. We're hoping that we have something finalized within this next week, next week or two. And so for us, we're going to keep just keep doing whatever we can in order to make sure that we, people have uh, good places where they're registered to vote. People have good places where they can go vote and have easy access to, to put in whatever support, whatever belief that they have. And that's what, that's what we have to do as a nation is give 
empower everybody to be able to go out there and make their make their voice known. All right, let's close it out with Darren. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Patrick, thank you so very much. Uh, as it relates to the voter stuff, hopefully, uh, you know, yourself, Mark Donovan, you all will be involved in, in the third and fifth district here in Kansas City, where it's much, uh, where it's most needed. Uh, looking back at actually, uh, are you now, because you were the alternative, I think, when Dustin Coker was the player rep, are you, have you now moved up to the player rep uh, status for the Chiefs? And then how much involvement did you have uh, with DeMorris uh, and, and the executive committee on, on how the outlook of, uh, of this agreement with the NFL was? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I've kind of moved up into that rep role. I think Dustin's actually been able to kind of stay on the calls and teach me and help me more, even as as someone that was a, a leader on the team last year. He, I mean, he's just a great guy and just kind of helped me and, and gave me advice and stuff like that. But I, I was on all the PA calls. I, I mean, I listened. I, I, I gave my questions. I thought the calls went well. I mean, we there was a ton of questions. The calls were long, but they were worth it. I mean, we're in a, a time where we want to make sure we, we really – we really cross T's, dot the I's, and have everything the right way and the way we wanted to have it. And I thought the executive committee did a great job of getting, uh, first off, uh, protection for the guys that that wanted that have a high risk, protection for the guys that voluntarily opted out, and then protection for the guys that were on the field. And I thought they did a good job with the protocols that are in place, and they've done a good job with the economics of, of how we're going to go about this season. And so uh, I thought uh, that they really pushed and got the things that gave us the comfortability to to approve the the proposal that was sent to us yesterday. And uh, I thought they really laid it out for every single person so everybody understood before we made the vote. Patrick, we appreciate you taking the time today. Hopefully we get to see you soon here. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, listen, um, it's great to see everybody. Uh, I've got your faces planted on chairs here, but I also get to see on the computer. Uh, Ted's got a really set up here. So, um, and I'm excited. I was excited to see the rookies last night. It's great to have them uh, in here for really the first time that we've had a chance to see them face to face. And, and we appreciate that. Sure. Appreciate all the hard work that everybody's done to set up this camp and make it possible and safe at the same time. So Mitch and Rick, uh, Rick just got done talking to Kirsten Krug and, and Rocco um, with facilities is, They've just uh, gone above and beyond. Uh, uh, again, Mark Donovan has overseen that and made sure that uh, things were working efficiently there, and and it was all graced by by Clark Hunt. So uh, those those become very important. Uh, I appreciate the league and the union and uh, them working out um, an agreement where where football could go on in a safe manner, and um, and, and we can look forward to. Uh, to a season Um, and then listen here we sit we sit with the young players now we have an opportunity to work with them Um, excuse me uh, work with them Uh, we we start off with uh, a few days here where where they'll be lifting and and conditioning and and then uh, we'll ramp up into um, some other things and gradually get ourselves into pads and we'll incorporate the vets once they get in. We'll give you all the detail to that uh, down the road here um, when it's all categorized and, and uh, mastered here by the coaches and myself. So um, other than that, listen, it's uh, uh, what, a, what a, again, what a great opportunity. It's, it's a very unique time. Um, we, we think we're going to put the players in a, a position where 
um, they're they're safe. Um, it's it's a responsibility though at the same time. So it's a responsibility uh, for the coaches, um, for uh, the players, anybody dealing with the players to um, uh, to take responsibility to follow the, those. Uh, the format that's set for us uh, to fight this, this this virus and, and still have an opportunity to play football. So um, I will continue to uh, work with the players on that. The players, again, uh, will work together on that. There's going to be a give. There's got to be a little uh, give and take situation going on here. Responsibility, I guess, would be the term. Uh, when we all leave the building as coaches and players, that we handle ourselves properly. And, um, and keep ourselves as safe again as we possibly can. And, and, um, and that um, that'll be important for the season to, again, to move forward. But again, um, it's quite a neat setup. I wish you guys had the opportunity to see it. I'm sure you've seen probably pictures of it by now, but um, the setup is, is tremendous. We're going to work in the stadium and, and uh, down in our facility here. Uh, but the majority of the meetings and, and, uh, and food uh, will take place at the stadium, dressing room at the stadium, and uh, and then we'll have our practices down here, and we'll be able to lift down here also. So, all right, with that, uh, time's yours. We'll start with Adam Teichman. Hey, Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. Hey, a couple things. I wanted to ask you first about your reaction to Larry's decision to opt out this season. But also was wondering what you're now that guys are back in the, the building every day now and you're cranking this thing up, what's your um, level of concern for your own personal safety is? Yeah, so listen, for, I'll start with Larry. Um, I'm a huge Larry uh, Duvenay-Tard fan. So <clears throat> I'm, uh, and I also was raised by a doctor. So I understand the dedication uh, that it takes uh, to be a doctor. We're all blessed to have doctors in our lives. Uh, they're, they're givers, they're not takers, they're givers, and um, they're healers. So uh, they want the best for you. And so Larry has that quality, and you're seeing it to the, uh, to the utmost here. I, I just think it's tremendous dedication to his profession, what his future is going to be, and, uh, and mainly to the people that he gets to help. And, and so uh, my heart goes out to I had a great talk with him, great visit with him. Um, his players support him, uh, the, the veteran players support him, and the coaches support him. And, and we know, uh, you know, we understand when, when football is over, this is going to be one of the greatest doctors ever. So it's, uh, um, we, we appreciate that. The great thing about doctors, uh, the ones that I've, I've been in, in touch with over my, my life here, and like I said, I was raised by one, and, and I, I've got three of my closest friends are, are doctors. So um, they're givers, man. They they, and, and they're not the takers, so they're, they're very humble people uh, that want to help you and heal you. And, and they're not out looking for, uh, like Larry, they're not out looking for the pat on the back that they're doing this or that. They're not looking for attention. I mean, Larry is buried in. He's not looking to do interviews and all of this stuff. He's buried in and trying to get the work done that he needs uh, to, to heal people and and man, I mean, what a dedication that is, and, and a love that is. I, I'm I'm so happy and proud. Um, as far as uh, the setup here and um, um, feeling like we're in a safe environment, I think people have gone to great ends to to do this. Um, we're as safe as you can be here. 
like I said on this, so Adam, dedicate the dedication uh, and, and, and staying um, disciplined when you leave this facility will be important. When you're here, this is a safe environment. And so you've got to continue that once you leave here. And, and, uh, and so that, that ends up being important. And we have a plan for that too. So that we'll talk to the players about And, and, um, you know, so I feel good about it myself. I feel good about it. Yes. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey coach, you're looking good. Always, always a pleasure to see you. Yes. Thank you, Herbie. Nice haircut. <laughs> hey, Coach, in hindsight, in light of LDT's decision, how big is the selection of Lucas Niang now Now that you look at it? And how much do you anticipate him starting off camp getting reps at right guard? Yeah, sure. So, well, let's get him in here first. I mean, let's get him in practicing and we'll, we'll get him adjusted and see how he does. But Remmers is another one that we picked up who, who's a good football player. I and mean, we've got good players here right now. So, uh, we're we're going to be, uh, we'll be okay. And, and, uh, at the offensive line and, and obviously to add him into the mix, uh, um, we're excited to see him. We, we get a little chance here with the rookies to, to visit with him. So, uh, we're excited for that, but yeah, I think we're in, we're in good shape, uh, all the way around. Uh, well, we love to add Larry. Absolutely. But, um, we understand his cause. Absolutely. I understand that too. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Coach, thanks for taking some time with us this morning. I, I was curious, uh, you're lauded as one of the most creative play callers, if not <clears throat> the most creative play caller in the, the NFL with the virtual offseason, this ramp-up period, no preseason games. I, I just was curious how much you think that is going to be impacted as what you're able to yearly do as far as almost having a, a new offense seemingly every season. Pete, we've tried not to let that slow us down uh, in that area. Um, and, and then we'll see. We've, obviously, we haven't been able to go on the field, uh, but uh, we're going to. And, and the way the new, um, the way that the league and the union has put this together, uh, we're going to end up with enough padded practices uh, where you can go full speed, and and then our, our the shell and and uh, uh, padded shirt practices where we should be fine for timing purposes. Right? This is a throwing league right now, so um, it is important as a run game is. That timing, again, uh, in the throw game becomes important because it takes hours. And so uh, we have an opportunity to do that with the, with the new rules that have been put out for us. Let's go to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Andy. Uh, just, just one more thing about Laurent. I, obviously, it's a momentous decision, but I, but I actually wonder if you were even surprised by it. Um, and then just a, a side point also – do you see, I know you were a lineman, we all know you were a lineman, but do you see a little bit of the uh, lineman protector ethos in, in kind of how, what he's done and, and along those lines? Yeah, you're taking me right into a little Greek philosophy there. I, I, um, I, I do. Uh, um, I know Larry, though. I mean, I've been with him here now since, since he uh, came into the National Football League. <clears throat> so I, I get it. I mean, I, I, I just think it's uh, – what a tribute to, to him and to the profession. If I didn't know how doctors are wired, I, I, well, but I know. I mean, I've got it. I know exactly how they're wired and the, and the love and dedication that they have uh, to that, to protecting and, and healing. And so uh, they're, they're natural givers and, and, uh, and healers. And so uh, this didn't, no, it didn't surprise me. No, it did not. 
to, to answer your question. And like I said, I had a great visit with him. Uh, you know, a unique situation. Let's go to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, uh, I know uh, Rick was uh, talking about that. It was about nine weeks that uh, in putting everything together to kind of create the the environment you guys have got there. He also detailed how you were, uh, you know, kind of the lead coach on how this was all going to be put together. Can you kind of explain how you guys are working for nine weeks, yet the agreement just came together a couple of days ago, like how you can get everything done, or did you have to go at the end and, and switch things around because things the NFLPA ended up wanting? How, how does that, how do those timelines match? Well, yeah, so there were massage, there was a little massaging going on between uh, the, the league and um, the union. They asked me to uh, step in as a coach, kind of a, a, a neutral figure. Um, to share some of experience of the experiences I've had. I've been there through the lockout. I think there's a completely different situation than the lockout. Um, as you recall, the lockout was uh, the, the organizations versus the player uh, where coaches weren't allowed to talk to players. And so, uh, therefore, we weren't able to check on the players, see how they're working out or do virtual work. Any of these things that we've been given when really uh, the factor out there that you're working against right now is the virus. So when we have all these virtual meetings, we could see who's working out, who's not, talk and communicate with the player, um, and, and in some cases do virtual workouts with the player. So um, the, it's a different communication process that took place. And, and I think that will help the players coming in be in better shape than maybe what took place. Again, I was a head coach at this. I'm what took place during, during the lockout time. So, um, you know, that's, uh, I think it's a different starting point. I think the setup, though, is, is tremendous on how we're giving the players an opportunity to ramp up and get themselves ready to go. And, uh, you know, my hat goes off to the league. Like I said, I was just uh, a narrator in there in the, uh, between the league and the union, and, and I appreciate both of them letting me in uh, the meeting there, and I think it all worked out well. All right, guys, we've got time for a couple more here. We're going to go Therese and then close it out with Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Therese. Hey, Coach. Thanks for doing this. Hope things are well with you. You bet. Thanks. Um, hey, one thing that always interests me is that when you win a title, you suddenly go from being the hunter to the hunted. Um, I can see Patrick is already pretty motivated, <laughs> by the way. But just from your point of view, you know, what is the message to make sure to focus stays on winning because you're going to get every team's best shot every single week. How do you keep guys focused on that mental challenge of knowing players are going to play better against you because they want to show off? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, you cherish that part. You've worked very hard to put yourself into that position. Um, and, and so you understand that, but you also understand you got to go through the process. And, um, if you if you're not willing to do that, then then good things aren't going to happen. The, the guys know that. So, and then you you got to be blessed with good leaders. And I think we have good leaders on this football team. And I, I mentioned this to the rookies. I said, take your notes. Uh, make sure that you study. Make sure you come prepared to meetings and to practice. And I said, uh, uh, and one reason is when you see the veterans do that, that's how they roll. So you better you better come in ready to go. And uh, if you don't, uh, you're going to fall by the wayside. And, and that won't change, I, I don't believe, with this football team. But, listen, it's still day by day. That's how you have to go about it. It's not what you did uh, in the Super Bowl here. It's uh, what you do going forward. 
And, and so that's, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll work off of that message there. Okay, Sam, go ahead and close us out. Hey, Andy. Um, it's clear that you're confident what you guys have set up at the facility and you touched on this a couple of times, but obviously you're going to have a lot of guys go their separate ways once they leave the facilities. Is it fair to say that once you start the season, that responsibility is going to be the most important thing to finishing the season? And in that sense, what, what instructions are you giving players and, and how confident are you that, that 53 guys in a season or 60 some guys in a season are, are going to abide by those? Yeah, so uh, again, I tell you day by day, I, I think we're all doing that with this virus. We've learned that through the pandemic, things change. And so uh, we're going to stick by what the experts tell us. Um, and, and, you know, the, I've mentioned this before to you guys, but the, the simple parts of that we can do is wear our mask when needed. We can uh, wash our hands uh, after contact with people or ourselves. And then, uh, you know, make sure we use social distancing again when we can. So those are important things that are based fundamentals with this. We're going to do it. And then they've got the setup here, uh, you know, whether, whether it's a plexiglass between lockers or whatever, you know, whatever, all the different things that they've set up here uh, with separation within the meeting rooms uh, and, and so on. So uh, we're going to try to abide by that. We're going to try to teach the best way we possibly can. And then we're going to trust uh, the players and the coaches, uh, I'm one of those, right? I'm included in this, that we do the right things when we leave here. And, and that's uh, um, really, that's all you can do. And then, uh, then you go play. You're focusing on playing. Coach, we appreciate the time today. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Hey, Clyde. I'm curious about, you know, Patrick had mentioned that you'd been involved in some of the private workouts with the guys and just curious, you know, how did that go for you? And once you do get into, you know, these practice sessions next couple of weeks, what are you expecting to learn about yourself? And what, what are you kind of wanting to learn about the NFL? So, I mean, really, most importantly, the first thing that, that we just wanted to get down was just simply, you know, work on little things of timing. And that was, that was the biggest thing. And, and just get comfortable with, you know, even – having you know playoffs and passes and everything else as far as just time just getting comfortable with standing next to Pat and everything else is, is pretty much just what we were pretty much just working on. Um, other than that, coming in and, and pretty much just trying to dot my eyes and, and cross my T's and, and do the right thing as as far as just stay just stay on the right right path and whatever I'm asked to do, I'm gonna do it. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead Pete. Hey, Clyde. Uh, I was curious, as this process has gone on, you've had a really unique experience with the rookie not really being able to get in person. How much are, are you looking forward to this? And then when it comes to Andy Reid and the breadth of all he asks running backs to do, how are you handling taking in the playbook as maybe compared to LSU? Um, I, ultimately, I was, I'm just really happy, happy to be here. Um, this, is my, this is my happy place. I've been doing this I've only been on the earth for 21 years. I've been playing football since I was five. So this is what I do. Um, and this is, this is, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Everything, the, the setup, everything about everything here is just perfect for me. Uh, and I can't wait. Uh, playbook, it was, you know, as far as not having to, to do school and everything else, the playbook, I, I feel like it's, it's easy. Uh, I, I've, I've had, you know, officer coordinators, Multiple offenses I had to learn year in, year out. So, I mean, this is, you know, this is nothing new. Just learning a new offense and then 
adjusting to the players around me. Let's go to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Clyde, I appreciate the time. I'm curious what it will look like off the field with you, kind of the rules and regulations we're seeing now is that uh, there could be fines possibly for, for going out and kind of excusing the protocols. Would it be difficult for you to spend, you know, three or four months protocol at home when you got all this newfound uh, NFL success? Oh, no. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, you can you can literally ask anybody in college. I probably went out five times. I can count on one hand how many times I went out. So I'm not a I'm not a party guy. I, I stay at home. Uh, I chill. And then ultimately, I'm, I'm usually just by myself. If I'm doing anything, I'm, I'm probably just hunting or fishing. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Adam, you with us? Yeah, sorry. Um, Clyde, just wanted to talk to you about your, your level of uh, um, your level of concern for your personal safety through this time. And what can you explain a little bit where you are with all that? Right now, I'm I'm absolutely comfortable. I've took over. I probably say I took over ten COVID nineteen tests. Uh, all came back negative. The way everything is displayed here and, and the way everything is set up here, I'm, I feel absolutely safe. Uh, with my mom being a being a nurse and, and pretty much running her uh, her own veterans home back at home uh, and and dealing with dealing with COVID nineteen and everything else, I pretty I ran everything by her how everything was set up. And I mean, if she's absolutely comfortable with it, being you know a, a first responder and, and and someone who's on the front line during during this pandemic. I can be I can be comfortable with it, so I'm I'm completely comfortable, and I'm just ready to get to work. Let's go, to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's going on, Clyde? Um, over the past few months, we've all learned a little bit more about ourselves. Um, I heard Todd Gurley say that he's never worked out so hard in his life. I'm just wondering uh, what you've learned about yourself over this past few months in this times of uncertainty. Being able to to press that pause button and slow everything down for somebody, you know, that was uh, went on this 15 and 0 run. And then won a national championship, and immediately I was right back training and then to the combine and the draft and everything. And then everything was just a whirlwind. So being able to just pause, stop, and being able to focus on, one, uh, mental health, and and just, you know, two, my my body, just getting everything back straight and and in tune to ultimately do what I love. All right, guys, looks like we've got four hands up left. We'll go right down the line. Let's go, uh, Harold. Go ahead, Harold. All right. I hope you're doing well. My question to you is, uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but without the preseason games, what's your level of concern that you can kind of get in sync with this offense with as much moving parts that Andy Reid has that you can get it done in, in, in the time that you have the acclimation period and then when you get onto the field to the regular season to be ready to go? I feel absolutely comfortable being able to we, – we did installs uh, before everybody had the, the online installs, and I was able to, to run routes and, and do things from – our playbook beforehand. So coming in, ultimately, my thing is just to learn. Um, you know, I have I have a lot of guys that's that's vets in the room and, and guys who have been here that I can absolutely learn from and pick their brain. So I have that at my disposal, and and I'm just here to be a team player. Let's go to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, uh, uh, Clyde. The, the question that I have for you is, is simple. You know, you, your mom is in the is in the industry, the health industry. My mom as well. What message would you give to to fans? You know those who, let's just say, that's on the other side that that doesn't take this uh, this virus serious. You know, uh, right now because obviously people are going back and forth about wearing a mask, and and you know we know about the agreement. A lot of a lot of teams can't have fans in the stands. But what would what would your message be to fans out there 
who are against wearing wearing a mask? Well, for me, you know, it, it, it hits home. My mom, she was, uh, she actually had uh, COVID, and then my little sister, she, uh, <laughs> she has muscular dystrophy. So, me wearing a me wearing a mask and keeping everything just in in, in tune and, and and keeping everybody safe around. I mean, she uh she was born with a with a lot of difficult difficult you know, a real difficult situation and. Uh, ultimately, if she gets it, it's, 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 it'll pretty much be fatal. So for me, it's a uh, it's personal. You know, wear a mask. It's it's, it's something that, that you do when you you know just go outside and, and interact with people. Uh, and stand six feet apart is, is is the main key. So wear a mask, stay six feet apart, and ultimately, man, we should be able to to knock this curve down. And I mean, everybody wants to be in the in the stands on a on a Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. So let's just make it happen. Just wear a mask. As simple as that. I think BJ Kissel had a follow-up question, so I'm going to let him jump. Go ahead, BJ. Yeah, Clyde, we spoke uh, about a month ago about your sister, and I just want to follow up on that because you're getting ready to start your NFL career and just what kind of inspiration she's been for you um, and some of the stories that you shared with me regarding, you know, when she was younger, you kind of looking out for her and having to, to you know, play a, you know, emergency, you know, doctor at, at different times. Just can you speak to that and what kind of uh, motivation she's been for you? Well, uh, the biggest thing is uh, she hasn't even been able to, to pretty much get out here to even see, uh, you know, just whatever's going on. Just because, I mean, the, the nervousness of, of of her coming out here and possibly contracting uh, COVID just because, you know, you have people around that can't simply just wear a mask or, or just do, do the simple things. Uh, she, she hasn't seen anything yet. So ultimately it's... It's, it's hitting home, so uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just ready to, to get all this rolling. All right, let's go to our final one. Seren, you're up. Uh, Clyde, a lot of times we'll, we'll hear, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, running backs have come through, and they don't play, and then they start playing, and, and coaches don't really say anything about why they're not playing after the fact. They say, well, you really kind of struggle with the pass protections. Uh, you talked about the playbook, not having to have school, have football be your focus, that it's been pretty easy, but – have they? Do they come at you right now? I'm curious what they tell you going into it. We hear that after the fact. Now that you're going into it, how much do they stress the fact that you got to protect the quarterback? That the blocking part of the equations as much as what you do with the ball in your hands. That's uh, I've never I've never looked down um, on pass protection. That's that's literally half of my job, uh, and and that's 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 been instilled in me since since I was younger, and and. Ultimately, this is that's something that I knew that I would that I would have to do in the NFL, and it's something I'm going to do in the NFL, and it's something that I practice and train for every day, day in and day out in college. So, uh, it's my job. I'm going to execute. I'm going to do what I do what I need to do as far as protect Pat, and, and that's it. I'm going to protect him like like he's like he's a brother, which is he is. All right, Claude, we appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into From the Podium. You just heard from quarterback Patrick Mahomes, head coach Andy Reid, and running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. As promised on the second half of this podcast, the first voice you'll hear is linebacker Willie Gay. Offensive lineman Lucas Niang will be next. And then we'll close the podcast with Vice President of Sports Medicine and Performance, Rick Burkholder. But right now, here's the Chiefs' second-round pick, linebacker Willie Gay. Hey, Willie, just wanted to follow up with you after the the virtual OTAs and everything, just how mentally you feel uh, about the schemes and, and what you're being asked to do. I know that, you know, Coach had said that you're learning a couple of different spots. Just how do you feel about how that's going and how some of the other veteran guys maybe help and bring you along? Oh, uh, well, of course, I got a lot of great guys ahead of me with, you know, with the with the vets. And, you know, the, we got two linebackers, other rookie linebackers in with me also. You know, we all just picking up everything fast. We're actually picking up everything fast now. And the defense isn't hard. It's just something new that we all have to, you know, get used to once again, just like college all over again, and just just try to get comfortable with it. Let's go to Michaela. Go ahead, Michaela. Hi. So now that you're finally reporting as a Chiefs rookie, just can you describe what that moment felt like entering the Chiefs facility? Oh, uh, man, after it's been postponed for so long, you know, uh, it's finally here, and you know I'm motivated again, ready to get better and make the team better any way I can. And it's just I feel like I'm doing what I love to do again, so it's exciting. Let's go to Adam. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Willie. Uh, just wanted to ask you about uh, the ability to kind of fill the role of that linebacker position. The Chiefs have always had historic linebackers, and now you kind of fill in that role, and you join Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson. Talk about the ability to kind of fill in that other side and and hopefully be that next uh, big-time linebacker the Chiefs have. Well, man, of course, you know, I want to get in and, you know, do, do as much as I can to play soon and right away. But uh, really the main thing is just learning, you know, trying to feel whatever coach wants me, whatever spot coach wants me to feel, and just really just – get my feet wet a little bit and get used to everything and just once again, do what I can to make the team better. Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Willie, a lot of rookies talk about just the transition of getting their eyes trained and that's really the toughest thing when they first come into the league. What have maybe some of the, your teammates, even anybody's given you advice on that and what are you kind of wanting to see when you finally get on the field and start going at at least practice speed, if not game speed? Uh, well, I know it's going to be different, you know, but uh, I play in the SEC, so I feel like I'm, I'm going to have a little, a little, you know, heads up on it and be ready for it a little bit. But, of course, it's the NFL now, so it's way different. But uh, I think coaches will do a good job getting us rookies prepared, man. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like it's going to be a good, good camp. And going into the season, we all going to be ready. So. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Willie, thank you for taking some time with us. I have two quick questions. I was wondering, first, do you feel more natural in the Will position um, or the Sam position? And then furthermore, what makes blitzing you in a defense just such a, a good weapon for teams? 
Uh, well, yeah, of course, with the first question, uh, Sam and Will has been something that I've played, you know, since high school. So playing off the edge, playing outside in, and even playing Will when sometimes you play inside out, you know, it's it's, it's natural because I've did it for so long. But uh, And with this game, it's perfect, you know, and with the blitz. And, man, it's I feel like I can blitz from anywhere on the field, you know. Uh, you know, and I would love to be a part of a blitz package, you know, because he used me as much as he wants, you know, to – Help me on help the team out on third down if, if you know if, if that's what he wants you know and I'll definitely show that I can blitz. So. Let's go to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Willie, I know you're a little ways out from uh, actually getting on the field and playing, so I'm just curious uh, how this timeline works. Has anybody come to you and said, "Don't touch 15"? Has that message uh, been uh, laid out there yet? Uh, well, it has, but you know that's just common sense, really, man. You know, like shoot, I, I've been hearing that since sophomore year of college. You know, you don't touch the quarterback, so so man, you just and you're important players in the NFL, man. You don't even tag off on them; you just stay away. <laughs> Let's go to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, well, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to Kansas City. Uh, my question to you is actually about your home state, Mississippi. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes there going on with taking away the Confederate flag out of the flag and your former teammate, Kylan Hill. Chris Jones is there, a Mississippi State guy as well. Just wondering your thoughts on how that all went down and how proud you are to see the state make a change. Uh, to see it make a change, man, and seeing players, you know, like Kylan and other college players step up and say something, you know, knowing that they're, their playing time and, you know, the chance that they can, that they might not play because he said he wasn't going to play if it didn't happen. So see him step up like that, man, and just, just take pride in it and see a big change in the state and them making that decision. It's, it's big, you know, especially for all of us Mississippi guys, you know, because the flag's been up for a long time. Everybody knows that. So to see it finally change is, is something special. Okay. Let's go to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Willie, uh, Big question for you. Obviously, you and the Houston Texans, you all, you know, kind of got a chance to get started first and before training camp and the rookies and, and everyone reporting next week. What what for those, uh, you know, for the other 30 teams is going to be like, what's a what's a normal day for you all going right now uh, leading up into, you know, to the veterans uh, returning next week? What can you kind of give us the timeline on what you all are doing throughout the day, especially uh, when you have to be social distant and give us a, a behind the scenes picture of what that looks like? Uh, well, right now we're just testing every day from like 6 to 8 a.m. And uh, we eat lunch around 12 and we have meetings from probably 1 to somewhere from 1, 2 to 4, somewhere in that range. You know, this is our second day in. So today we're just doing physicals, you know, getting medical stuff out the way and make sure everybody's good on that end. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Willie. Um, I'm just, just wondering about no preseason games. Obviously, you come from college, which, which I, I recognize doesn't have preseason games, but did you feel like when you move on to this level, the preseason games could have maybe uh, have done you some good? Oh, yeah, I feel like it definitely was going to help, you know, us rookies, man. You know, especially with the speed of the game and just knowing that it's a new level, you know, I feel like preseason is just going to be something to just, just kind of get us ready mentally and physically. But uh, now we just have to take what we – what we get, man, and just take practice seriously and make sure we treat everything like it's game day. So, all right, looks like looks like we got a few left. Let's go, Seren, BJ, and then Amanda. Go ahead, Seren. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious your your impression of uh, Steve Spagnuolo and uh, and what he's been like so far to be around as your defensive coordinator. Oh uh, man, I first met him. Uh, he was at the combine, but you know we've had a lot of WebEx meetings, man. He's 
he's a great guy, you know, before a coach. Like, I just can tell by the vibe that I get from him, you know, even when I'm over the phone, you know, he's just someone who cares about you more than just on the field, but he's just going to, He's going to, he want to teach you. He want to make sure you become the best player that you can be. And he's just, once again, just a great all-around guy. So, I love him. All right, let's go to BJ Kissel. Go ahead, BJ. Hey, Willie. With the news of, you know, what this season could look like as far as fans and how many of them would be in the stadiums, I know from anybody who's watched you play, has seen the energy and just kind of the – you play that conduit between the energy from the fans and out on the field – have you thought about how that might be different this year without the energy necessarily from the same crowd and how um, you know you guys will handle that uh, when you're out on the field together and just kind of celebrating a big play and things like that? Uh, well, we just, for one, got to be self-motivated, man. You know, coming out the tunnel and uh, before the game, we got to get in our minds already that we don't have crowd noise. We don't have big, big time student sections like college or nothing like that. So, we got to just be, once again, self-motivators on fourth down, third and goal, stuff like and goal line stands and things like that, man. Just pump each other up and just, once again, just bring the juice ourselves. So, All right, let's go to Amanda to close it out. Go ahead, Amanda. Yeah, um, just talk about having that, I guess, an untraditional offseason. How do you think that's going to affect you going into the season? No preseason games. Things have been pretty different for you. How is that going to affect you? going into the rest of this season? Uh, I think it's actually going to help me out a lot in a positive way because I feel like, you know, it's, it's, cha- it's changes that nobody's used to, but it's going to make us stronger in a lot of ways. We're going to learn. We're going to have to pick up on a playbook faster. Uh, we're going to have to just really jump in right away and with no training wheels and just try to get at it as fast as we can and try to hop on board. So it's going to make us better in the long run. So I'm cool with it. Willie, we appreciate you taking the time today. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, Lucas, it had been a little while since we've spoke with you. I know one of the things that, that Brett Veach had told us that had, you know, caught our attention was that, you know, you played predominantly tackle uh, at college, played all tackle, and that uh, he thought you could work in at guard. I'm just curious if you've had a chance to kind of look at both those positions and what you've been studying and, and what you like about potentially, you know, having the versatility to slide in if that's what's needed. Um, ever since getting drafted and we had that conversation at the combine about me potentially moving to guard, I've been practicing both guard and tackle, trying to get comfortable so I can be as versatile as possible and help my team out. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, thank you for taking some time with us this morning. Right after you were drafted, you joined us and you just made a point to say that your health was ready to go. I just was curious as this offseason has gone on and you've been in charge of really your own physical well-being and working out. So where are you at from a physical standpoint as you come back from from the hip thing? Um, I'm fired up, fine on all cylinders. You're ready to put the pads on and get some contact. It's been a while. Let's go to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Lucas, uh, you mentioned working out at guard during the offseason. I'm just curious if, if two-part question here. Have you worked at left and right? And if you are called upon, especially in light of LDT's decision to play the right guard spot, how much easier is it for you from a technique point of view uh, to go from right tackle to right guard? Um, I say I, I work both left and right the whole time because, you know, I just want to be ready to play anywhere on the line. But – I think it'll just help having that hand hand combat and stuff that I've been doing at tackle, having that at guard. Let's go to Vahe Gregorian. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, thanks, Brad. Hey, Lucas, I'm just curious regarding uh, 
what, what you heard about Laurent's decision and, and how that struck you uh, in, in, in sort of a big picture sense? Uh, um, I was surprised, but big picture doesn't really mean much to me. You know, I'm a rookie. I'm just coming into learning and try to get ready and help the team in any way. Let's go back to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Lucas, during the offseason on social media, we could see that you were heavily involved, even leading some of the protests with Black Lives Matter. And I just was curious, wanted to give you kind of the floor as to why that is a cause that matters to you so much. Uh, um, well, being as I'm African-American, that's it's just a part of my lifestyle. You know, I want to do better for me. I want to make it better for the people who come after me and everybody, all my brothers. You know, I can't just stand around and let it happen. Let's go to Michaela. Go ahead, Michaela. Hi, Lucas. So have you been in contact with any veterans or mentors to prepare you for what's ahead? And also just what have you been doing personally to gear up for the season? Uh, I haven't been in contact with that. anybody, really. I'm excited to now start to do that now that we're finally here. But as far as preparation goes, just cross-training at both tackle positions and both guard positions so that I can do whatever I'm asked to do. Let's go to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Lucas. Uh, my, my question for you is, is I guess, kind of two-front. Obviously, this is the first time in, in NFL history that they've that they're going to have a uh, that they're not going to have a preseason. As a rookie coming in, you know what challenges are you? Do you feel that you're going to face another rookies will face without having any real live game action prior to the start of the season? And do you think that's going to be a help or a hindrance to someone uh, in your position? Um, I think it could either be. It depends on how how it goes for you personally, but I think every rep is going to be even more important than previously because you don't have those preseason games to go and show show your stuff. So in practice, you can't make any mental errors or any mistakes because it's going to count a lot more. Let's go to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Lucas. Uh, so you've been training virtually, learning the playbook, everything with the Chiefs over the course of this offseason, but it's been kind of a unique offseason. How excited are you to finally be in the facility and just getting back to football here? Oh, I'm super excited. Uh, we got in here. It's nice to see how they're doing everything safety-wise, you know, keeping us safe, making us feel comfortable. But I'm really excited to get on the board and get on the field. Let's go to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Hey, uh, Lucas, you, you talked about the uh, the cross-training when you play, when you switch positions. Can you speak to some of the, you know, what are some of the differences and some of the nuances between playing guard and tackle? What are the types of things you have to work on, especially to switch from tackle to guard? Uh, guard, I definitely am going to have to be more firm, you know, less space in between me and my opponent, and I'm going to have to shut them down a lot quicker than if I was at tackle and I had time and patience and all that. Let's go to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Lucas. So you mentioned LDT earlier. I believe you spoke French too, so you kind of miss out speaking French with your uh, buddy there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to have a teammate that could speak French too, sometimes joke around. All right, Lucas, I think we got everybody. We appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you very much. I'm good. Thank you. All right, well, thanks for taking the time to uh, to do all this press and everything in these uh, unusual times. The last time I talked to you, uh, my title was Vice President of Sports Medicine and Performance, and I've added Infectious Control Officer to that title. Hopefully it's temporarily. Um, so... The ICO that's appointed by each team, it was mandated by the NFL, is the person that oversees our infectious response team, um, carries out the protocols, um, puts together what's called our infectious disease emergency response uh, protocol, which is 
the ITER, um, which was also mandated by the NFL and the NFLPA. So that's been my job the last nine weeks and uh, continues through until the pandemic's over. Um, my infectious response team includes, and I, I got to give them a thank you because of all their hard work through the through this time. Dr. Monaco, Dr. Darsh, uh, Dr. Hawkinson, uh, Kirsten Krug, Jeff Miller, Mitch Reynolds, Sean Tyrants, Brandon Hamilton. Um, they put in unbelievable work. So just so you understand how the problem went, <clears throat> the NFL put out protocol and uh, it's an ever-changing document. It's over 80 pages long. Um, I joked with my wife, if I would have studied as hard in college as I am studying this protocol, I'd probably be an attorney and not an athletic trainer. But uh, this thing is detailed. It's uh, very well done. It was put together by NFL and the NFLPA in a joint uh, in a joint effort. How they put the protocol together is they put together work groups in different areas. Um, such as testing, acclimation of players, what to do with a player that's uh, going to be uh, the test positive, travel, uh, sanitizing. So there was these little work groups, and there was representation from both NFL and NFLPA. Um, I, I was lucky enough and humble enough to, to be on the group that did acclimation, which was the ramp up for the players. But I have colleagues, former assistants that are now head athletic trainers that headed some of the committees on testing. And then Alan Wright was involved with, um, with our uh, equipment managers in the league. So, and then of course you guys know that Andy was very involved in the process and Clark was at the forefront of ownership in the process. So the chiefs had big say in the protocol um, as the protocol came out, we were we were charged with doing this infectious disease emergency response document. And that is what is our document and our motivating force um, behind what we're doing at the Chiefs. So we followed that document. That document ended up being 30 pages long. And it was a joint effort. I had to head that, that group up. But our facilities team, Mitch Reynolds, Kirsten Krug, the physicians, everybody on this emergency response team, including Brad and Ted with, with, with the protocols for what you guys are going to do and how we're going to handle that. We were all involved in this process. Um, I, I'm proud to tell you we were, we were the first team to get approved with our, um, in, our ITER, our infectious disease emergency response document. So that document had to be approved by the NFL first. Then it went on to infectious disease people in, uh, at Duke, and then it got approved by the NFLPA. And the only way that that gets approved so quickly is because this organization is a team. And I will stand here today and tell you, us being in the Super Bowl and facing adversity in the playoffs and banding together as an organization and experiencing the week in Miami absolutely helped me, this organization, and my team be able to accomplish what we accomplished in the last nine weeks to provide a, an environment that we think is as safe as possible for these players, coaches, staff, and, and all of our families. Um, I, can't, I can't say enough about the support that I got from Clark Hunt, Mark Donovan, Coach Reed, of course, and Brett Veach as we went through this process. They, uh, they were very involved. They got constant updates. They gave me constant feedback. They gave me um, support with the infectious uh, response team. And, and 
I'm grateful that I'm in Kansas City and grateful that I work with that leadership. Um, I've got to give a shout out to my staff. So uh, Tiffany Morton, Evan Kraft, uh, Julie Freimeyer, and David Glover, they have not had a vacation. They did not leave Kansas City. They did not leave this building because they were attached to me. And it was the only way we could get through the, the COVID policies is with their support. Now we had a few guys in this summer that, or this spring, winter, spring, summer, doing rehab and we did that in the morning and then we worked COVID policy the rest of the afternoon. There, there's no way there's no way I could have done this without them. And once again, let me go back to that championship team mentality. This is a championship organization. And when it comes to COVID, that's how we acted. And I, I'm, I'm, once again, I'm super, super grateful for that. As far as the protocol goes, I think everybody's focused on testing. And the NFL's hired uh, bioreference labs to do the testing, and, and we're well underway. Um, testing is one part of what is going to keep us safe. So there, there's a bunch of other things other than testing. Now, listen, testing's really, really important. But I think the, you guys, the media, and it, it's not your fault. That's the focus because that's what the NBA, everything was testing, testing, testing. But you got to know that. So I'm wearing this little device. I don't know whether you can see it. Um, that's a contact tracer. So everybody who's tested and they come in the building has to wear that contact tracer. That contact tracer lets you know what, who you're around. Um, and then if like tomorrow, if we got a positive test, they would know that I spent five minutes with Ted Cruz or four minutes within six feet of Brad G. They would go back and trace that. And then we would put our protocol in place based off of the tracing. So tracing is a, it's a huge deal. Uh, Connexon is the company that's doing the tracing. Um, it's a lot of manpower, but everybody's accepted it. In fact, I had a veteran player today say, when am I getting my tracer? So they understand it. They understand that it's testing tracing. Then the other stuff is social distancing and sanitizing. I, I, I can't thank uh, the facilities people at Arrowhead and here at the practice facility enough. Um, uh, Rocco Mazzella and, and uh, Brandon Hamilton, they, they've gone out of their way to make it right for us. They've worked through the night a couple times to make sure that we were we had everything. We've taken the stadium and converted it over for um, training camp. We're using the concourses for meeting rooms that are very socially distant. Um, we've changed our cafeteria and our cafeteria policies where we have social distancing and, and tables that are spread out with only two or three chairs at a table, everything's to go, no buffets. Um, we had to change all that, and, and Aramark was, was a big help in that. Um, as far as sanitizing goes, the group here at the practice facility right now and going on to the stadium with, um, with uh, uh, training camp, they look like they work at Disney because they are behind you all the time wiping door handles and wiping touch points and – you know, we, we have these Mr. Guns, they're electric, electrostatic sprayers that spray chemicals. Um, every time the team leaves the locker room, they clean it. Every time they leave the weight room, they clean it. We're, uh, you know, this, this building is clean. The stadium is clean. And, and my hat goes off to that group of, of workers that are working tirelessly to uh, make sure that we're safe. Um, you're going to see some changes when you come to practice or when you view practice because, Hydration, there's no more squirting water in a guy's mouth. It's now all individual bottles. There's no more towel sharing. 
Um, you're going to see some changes at practice with um, how, how we go about it. You'll see equipment guys wiping down pads in between reps. Um, and all players will wear the, the tracing device at practice as well. So this is a very serious, very big undertaking, but we feel good about it. Um, our players so far have bought in. Our coaches have bought in. The staff has been with me the whole way. So the staff that's been here, they bought in, and, and they're anxious to know. One of the big pieces to the whole thing is education. So we've educated the players that have been in. We've educated the staff on three occasions, three separate PowerPoints. We will educate the veterans when they get here. And the really neat thing that we're doing is we're educating the families of all players and staff that are going to be in these tiers. And we want them to know that we're doing everything possible to make their loved ones safe. And, uh, you know, I came here with Andy Reid for a reason because Andy Reid cares about his players. I think Andy Reid loves football and he loves the, the pageantry of it. And he loves game planning and all that, but he loves his players more. And you can see it when those, those players talk about them. And because I head up our health and safety and medical group, Andy has instilled that in me to love these guys and love them like family. And that's how we've approached this, this uh, pandemic. And I've been on the phone with them, uh, trying to assure them, getting their feedback, what their worries are. And um, it, it's been an interesting time for me. I, I will, I'll leave you with this and then I'll take a few questions. So pandemics aren't fun. Crisis aren't fun. None of that. There is a silver lining in this one for me working for the Kansas city chiefs. And that is that, I've learned so much about the people in this organization while doing this unbelievable task, something that I had no idea I was going to have to take on. But you find out about trust, you find out about loyalty, and you find out about reliability. And if you take those three words, that trust, loyalty, and reliability, and you go back to the 2019 season, that got us through. And that also will get us through this pandemic. So with that, I'll take questions. Let's go to Herbie first. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Rick, how are you? Hey, Harvey. Hey, a two-part question here, and it's phenomenal what you've been able to put together there. And I think we'll both agree that even the best laid plans of mice and men can often go awry, and positive tests could happen here. Uh, in the absence of a vaccine, what is the acceptable agreed-upon percentage rate for positive tests during camp? And then secondly, what are the protocols on handling positive tests during the regular season, especially on Fridays? Yeah, so I'll answer some of it. Some of it I'll let up to the NFL to answer just because I feel it's their, their answer. First of all, just a little education. The, the, the fastest vaccine in history, in world history, is four years, and that was for the mumps. We are right now at about five months. So, the, you know, everybody asks that question, how are you going to play football without a vaccine? You know, there's viruses out there like HIV that never got a vaccine. The common cold doesn't have a vaccine herpes doesn't have a vaccine, right? So we have viruses that don't have vaccines. There's no telling that we're going to get a vaccine for this. So we can't think like that. We've got to go to the next step. If we get the vaccine, great. We've got to go to the next step of testing. Every team's going to have positive tests. We know that. Society, I mean, we're, we're testing positive at 70,000 a day right now. We know that. What we hope is we limit our tests or limit our, our positive tests and when we get a positive test, we act accordingly with the CDC to get those people isolated, get them healthy, and get them safely back to work. And there's a whole lot of protocol that would take me 
an hour to talk to you about because it's a lot of it's on a not an individual basis, but an individual case. So it doesn't matter whether it's Patrick or whether it's me. We've got to follow the guidelines that are positive tests, symptoms, days, um, antibodies, all that kind of stuff to determine when it's safe for that person to come back to work. And I think the NFL will release that eventually. I'm just, I don't think I've been cleared to release the actual days. Certainly all of us that do healthcare for the NFL and the coaches and the general managers, we've asked a question about Fridays before games. Right now, we don't have games, so that's a good thing. But they're putting some protocols together as we get closer to game time. And um, listen, it's not going to be normal. This isn't going to feel normal for anybody in this building, any of you guys, because you know what? It's not normal. So we've got to adjust. And I'll go back to the 2019 season. No team adjusted as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to adjust, and we're going to make it happen, and we're going to we're going to get positives, and we're going to take care of those guys. And when it's safe to come back to work, they will. We're going to get positive tests within the staff. We're going to take care of them and their families, and get them back to work when it's safe. We're we're chasing an unknown right now, which is okay because there's a lot known, but there's a little bit of a. It's it, I wouldn't say we're chasing an unknown. We're chasing something invisible. There's a lot known about it. It's not unknown. We're chasing something invisible. My wife asked me the other night, how are you doing this? And I said, hey, when we were in Jersey, remember when we had water in the basement? She said, yeah, you didn't know where it was coming from. And I said, exactly. You don't know this. I mean, you, you've got to take universal precautions and, and, and do your thing, but you just don't know who has it. So masks, 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 sanitizing, gloves, PPE. All right, guys, we've got time for a couple more. So we're going to Adam Teicher and then we'll let BJ close us out. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Hey, Adam. Hey, a um, couple things. First of all, now that guys are coming back in the building, how would you describe their attitudes, whether it's apprehensive or wary or just generally speaking, how would you describe that? And also, I know you've seen a million things, just about everything since you've been an athletic trainer in the NFL, but you haven't seen anything like this. What, what's it been like for you to get your arms around this in that respect? Yeah, two, two really good questions, Adam. And, and I'll answer the first um, with our players are so respectful of our staff, and that's led by Andy. You know, he's kind of created this culture in the building, and they know that I worry about them, and I reached out to them in the offseason to find out how they felt about certain things um, so that we could put protocols in place and and – one of the two, two of the things that just inside stuff that came across my desk when I asked the players, they were worried about their families. And they said the people that they um, know that had COVID felt guilty. So automatically we instilled a, a, an education program for the families and there's going to be uh, testing available for the families. That was, I took that to the NFL and, and so did others. And then with Sean Tyrants on our staff, that's why he was on on our infectious response team, because so many people who get COVID feel guilty, and um, the players are worried about that. They were like, "What if I get somebody else sick? What if I get the coaches sick? What if I can't play?" So we have that as part of our protocol. Now, since they've come to the building, I'd say the response is pretty pretty positive. They're like, "Whoa, this is this is pretty impressive." What facilities has done? They see the cleaning people. They, uh, they see the testing. They see what we're going through to make sure they're right. They're wearing their tracers around, and they get that. So the rookies and then, of course, I got Pat and Matt and, uh, and 
Chad here, you know, so they're veteran guys. And then um, I've had four guys rehabbing that they've been through it too. And they're like, man, this is way better than I thought. And I got to tell you, I keep bragging about the organization. I had some fears about this, how we would pull this off and how we would go forward with it. It's been, I won't say it's smooth because this isn't normal, right? It's not smooth, but we, we haven't had the issues that I thought we would have because the staff has embraced it and people are all taking responsibility. One of the things that Pat and I talked about during the whole process, and I talked to Pat a good bit about it. He was like, Rick, some of this you can't handle. This has to be on the players. And I said, all right, you and you and the Badger got to take care of that. And I talked to them both and they said, we got you. We'll make sure that we want to, we want to really run it back and we want to be in Tampa. And the only way we can do it is if everybody's healthy. So they got to take care of themselves when they leave the building. So there's a little bit of peer pressure there. Um, your other question was, <laughs> how did I, how did I take this on? <laughs> I'm not sure. Over a long period of time, all of a sudden. So this took, this took weeks and weeks and weeks, and I kept telling Ted and Brad and my staff, I don't know whether we're ever going to play football, and then all of a sudden, boom, we're here, and it's in place, and it'll constantly change. And um, I, I've embraced it because I see the silver lining in it. I see the good in people. I see how much they care about each other, and that's very fulfilling to me. Um, it, it, it's something that not every NFL team organization has, and so that's made it easier for me. It's been a, it's been a, a really tough ride but it's been a good, good ride. And um, I'm proud of the people that have worked on my team to get it to this point. And um, I think we're anxious to see where we go with it. Certainly we don't want to get anybody sick, but we still want to play football. They all love to play football. You guys love football. And that's where we're at. All right, BJ, go ahead and close us out. Hi, Rick. David Coley told me years ago that one of the things he loved about working for coach was that he could tell you on any given day, any particular day of the year, exactly what he'd be doing because of how much of a creature of habit coach was and how he instilled that in all of his assistants. How has it been like for you, as long as you've known coach working through this environment where he doesn't have, you know, a playbook to kind of get through what this looks like. And you speak to a relationship you guys have and how that's helped you guys and how you've helped him kind of set the stage for how he can, you know, structure this to try to get the team ready to play September 10th. Yeah, uh, BJ, in your ears here, you, you've really um, captured the emotion of what Coach is about and what I'm about with Coach. So I think I've told some people on the call before, there's two, there's two men in the world that I take a bullet for. One's my dad and one's Andy Reid. Um, he's a father figure to me, and he's been awesome in this process, but he's also been a big redheaded, redheaded bear at times because of the unknown. And he likes to lay things out, and he has his schedule ready in May. And we're in July and the schedule's not, it's just being finalized today because we just got the schedule protocols. Um, I felt like this was a chance for me to give back to Andy Reid. He's given me so much and taught me how to be a, a, a good athletic trainer. And, and I often, I feel like he and I are very close, but I walk in his office on Monday mornings with problems. And this was one of the rare times of my career that I could actually give him solutions. And so he was struggling with, the unknown from the league. And I was getting information earlier because it was all medical before they involved the coaches and the general managers, but then they started bringing Andy in. So he knew what the questions were going to be going into his meetings and he would call me and we had some late night conversations. Well, they were late for me. He was on the West coast. So they were late for me, but we would go through, you know, phantom schedules like, and, and 
when it was all said and done, he came back to town. I said, all right, now that we're done doing this and we're moving forward, how many schedules do you have? And he showed me on his iPad. He had like 20 different schedules because every time they would throw us a, wasn't a curveball, but it was a change in the protocol. He changed his schedule and um, he's got it pretty mastered. I mean, it's amazing because last night I got the same printout that I've gotten every year for camp. It was just in July instead of May. And then we had to put a tweak on it this morning, but he's a, he's a master at organization and all that. And I felt like this was the first time where I could give back to him and say, okay, coach, this is what the rule is going to be. How are we going to do this? And he would say, I got it. And he'd call me 20 minutes later. He'd go, what do you think about this? So this was a, I'm not telling you this was fun for me, but it was different for me. And my ability to assist coach in the, in doing the protocols was very, very fulfilling to me. The fact that he was the main coach on all these calls also gave me a little thrill because I was giving him information and we work stuff out before you get on the call. And it, he's, he's a, he's a beautiful mind. I mean, he's, he really has a, a, a focus on what to do and the right things to do. I've said this to you guys before. His, his dad was an artist. His mom was a doctor. He's got art and science like nobody I've ever seen. And I've been on Zoom calls religiously with science people. And then you get to Andy who throws the art into it and it all makes sense. And I've gotten off calls with the medical people and said, I don't know how we're going to do this. And I'd call coach and he'd say, okay, we're going to do it this way. That's the art of the science that, that Andy reads so good at that we never see because we, we basically enjoy Sundays where his art is unbelievable, you know? So I know I bumped a lot of people up, but it, it, it took this whole village to get us to today. It's going to take the whole village to get us to September 10th. And it's going to take even more people as we add to the ship to get us through February. But I thank you guys. And I know, very few people say, I miss seeing you guys around. I really do. I, I, I really miss you guys. So thanks for the time.